0: good to be in this place with all of you, just singing praises to God. My name is Ricky. I'm honored to be the lead pastor here at Fort Caroline Baptist Church, and I want to especially welcome our first-time guest. Got to meet some of you, didn't get a chance to get around to everyone, but thank you for being here. And uh, we just hope that today you'll be encouraged by your time with us. And if we can help you in any way, we want to be a church available to you, and uh, don't hesitate to let us know that. In fact, if you're a guest, you can let us know that you're here today. In one of several ways, you can use that Let's Connect card in the seat pocket in front of you and give it to one of our uh, guest services volunteers at the end of our service right here by the glass that says, what's your next step? Or you can go to fcbc.life, fcbc.life, and there's a Let's Connect card there. You can just do that digitally on any web browser. And, uh, or you can just see us at the back of the door, uh, back of the service today. We're glad you're here. In fact, today's a special day. We, we're in a series of messages about the songs of Christmas, but we're taking a break today because we want to give you a report as a congregation on our month-long emphasis in November that we called Be Rich. And we're going to look at that this morning and share with you the results of that campaign of how God has blessed you through uh, your generosity to our community. And uh, before I do that, let me also remind you that this is the Christmas season and we need you to uh, invite people to our... Christmas Eve Eve services for next Sunday. So we've made it easy for you to take a little invitation card like a Christmas ornament. They're out on the table in the foyer. Take as many as you want, as many as you'll give away and invite people to one of our three morning services. We're only going to have 930, 1045, and 12 noon. They'll all be identical right here in the worship center. And uh, we're one church in multiple services with multiple styles of worship, but we're going to come together on that day and celebrate the birth of our Savior together. And I need you to help me get the word out to invite people. So pick up those cards. And then, of course, if you could be here tonight, we would love for you to join us as our Senior Adult Celebration Choir presents a Christmas miracle and a musical tonight, I should say. Not a miracle, but a Christmas musical. (laughs) Maybe a miracle. I don't know. And uh, they're probably saying, God help us. Uh, So we hope you'll be here tonight at 6.30. It's the season for miracles. Well, what I want to do today is talk to you about the Be Rich campaign in the month of November, especially for our guests to kind of catch you up. And some of you weren't able to be here for all the services. Uh, we did a study with a lot of other churches during this time of the year called Be Rich. And it was based on a passage of scripture from 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 17, 18, and 19. I've actually provided this passage for you in your worship folder today as a handout. Typically, I, I read from the English Standard Version, but this is the New International Version. I'll even put the words on the screen. But there's really nothing like seeing it with your own eyes from your own copy of the Bible. So if you'd like to open or turn on your Bible to 1 Timothy 6, verses 17, 18, and 19, I want to set the stage for why we called this Be Rich and why we joined other churches in seeking to unleash generosity in our personal community. This, this idea came... From this passage of scripture where the Apostle Paul in the first century wrote a letter to a young pastor named Timothy who was pastoring a church in Ephesus. And he instructed him on how to lead his church and equip people. And one of the things that Paul said to Timothy was you need to teach people who are blessed with more of the things of this world than other people are how to use their riches, how to use their possessions, how to use their time, how to use their money. And we discovered in our walking through these verses of scripture for three weeks that being rich isn't as much about how much you have, but what you do with what you have. And that really, as Americans, we are rich compared to the majority of the people in the world We discovered that if you make, for example, $48,000 a year or more, you are in the top 1% of wage earners in the world. We also talked about how that if you could take a first century Christian that read this letter from Paul through Timothy and transport them to today, and if they could see us and see the lifestyles that we live, see our grocery stores filled with food See the technological advances that we have made. See how our standard of living has risen. See how the age span of life has increased. They would say every single one of you compared to us in our first century life, you are rich. And so these verses apply to all of us. Now, you may not be rich according to your own standard. Well, I don't have a lot of money. I'm not a millionaire. But according to someone else, they look at you and they say, that guy's rich. That family's got more than we have. And, of course, you're looking at other people saying, no, they're rich, not me. There's always somebody poorer than you and probably somebody richer than you. It's like me. There's always someone with less hair than me and more hair than me. <laughs> it's kind of how that works. So y'all laugh way too much about that. <laughs> so, so this is how Paul puts it. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 17, 18, and 19. Paul said to Timothy, Command those who are rich in this present world... Not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. He's saying, Timothy, I want you to command them. This is not a suggestion. This is not a good idea. I want you to command them. I want you to preach the word of God to them in such a way that they understand if they have more of the things of this world, there are some things they shouldn't do and there are some things they're obligated to do. First of all, they, they shouldn't put their hope in uncertain riches. Command them, do not put your hope in the uncertainty of riches. Paul knew what we all instinctively know. That if you put your your hope, your confidence, your sense of security and safety and satisfaction in things, those things can be here today and gone tomorrow. Someone can break in your home and steal what you value. Someone can mismanage the company you work for and the company goes bankrupt and you are left without a job. Uh, The economy that is doing good one day can make a downturn the next day. And if you live by the stock market, you better be ready to die by the stock market because this world gives and this world takes away. And Paul is worried that the more we make, the more our hope will migrate from being in God and God alone to being in our stuff. That we start thinking, this is life. This is what gives me security. This is what gives me happiness and confidence and he says, no, 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 command them, do not put your hope in the uncertainty of riches. And he says, also, don't be arrogant, because a lot of times, the, the more we get, the more we start looking down our nose at people who have less. We think that because I have more, I have better, I have richer things, maybe I'm doing better, maybe I'm smarter, maybe, maybe I'm superior. To someone who doesn't have as much as I have. i tell you one thing you'll discover when you go with us on a foreign mission trip. Is that we often work with people who have far less of the material things of this world. But I promise you we are no better than they are. In fact there are some days they're better than we are. Their love for God, their hard work, their ethics, their willingness to stay true to God, even in difficult circumstances, often puts me to shame, even though I have more things. So Paul says, you got a temptation there to put your hope in things and to look down your nose at other people who don't have as much as you have. So command them not to do those things, but instead to put your hope in God who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Don't put your hope in your provisions. Put your hope in your provider. No matter what happens to the stock market, no matter what happens to your job, no matter what happens to your health, no matter what happens on the political scene, we know this is true. Our God is the same yesterday, today, and forever we can put our faith in him knowing that he will never forsake us and he will never leave us. And if my hope is in him, I always have hope for a better day. If my hope is in stuff, my best days could be behind me if I'm not careful. Now he continues in verse 18, Command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. Here's where the title of this campaign came from command them to do good you know the bible says that our savior jesus went about doing good and paul says as followers of jesus we are commanded to do good and doing good is where you go and you add value to another person's life you meet a need you you supply a solution you give someone a little help because you love god and because you love them People made in the image of God. And we as God's people ought to be known above all else as people who do good. I remember hearing an atheist in one of the lectures I had to attend in seminary. And uh, we were watching this video and this atheist was being interviewed. And other atheists were condemning Christians and religion as being the source of all evil in the world. And this prominent atheist spoke up. He says, wait a minute. I do not believe in the existence of God. I don't believe anything these people believe when it comes to spiritual things. But I can tell you this, no matter where I go in the world, when there is poverty, when there is famine, when there's an earthquake, when there's a flood, when there's a fire, whenever there is persecution, I find Christians there helping hurting people. And he said, so we can't say that all the evil in the world comes from religion because these people do a lot of good. And that's what we ought to be known for. There should be people in this community who say, I don't necessarily believe what those people at Fort Caroline Baptist Church believe, but this I know, they do a lot of good for this community. And I don't ever want to be the church that could have its doors closed down because we died as a church and no one in this community miss us. I want to know that we're making a difference in real people's lives by doing good. And this campaign was not the first time we decided, you know, maybe we ought to start doing good. That's a novel idea after 30 years as a church. No, this church only took the month of November to focus in on what we do and why we do it and to challenge us to do some things in a way we've never done before. Command them to do good and to be rich in good deeds. Don't just do good when it's a campaign for your church. Don't just do good when someone's noticing. Don't just do good when you can get a tax write-off. In fact, if you want to be rich, great. Nothing wrong with that. But be rich in good deeds. Be lavish in good deeds. Don't be stingy. And be generous. If you're going to do good, be good at doing good. If you're going to do good, just go all out and do good and be willing to share. Don't do it because you've been manipulated or embarrassed or cajoled or pressured. You do it because you're willing and you want to do it. And here's what happens. You not only are doing good for other people, you're actually doing yourself a favor. He says in verse 19, In this way, whenever you're doing good, being rich in good deeds, being generous and willing to share, in this way they will lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. Paul says, you're not only wanting to do good in this life, you're actually doing good for the future life. There there are two ages. There's this present age, but there's also a coming future age where we stand before God and we get to spend eternity with God. And what you do here impacts what happens there in the future. Doing good here lays up a good foundation there. That's why sometimes when you go to funerals, you hear a preacher say, You can't take your possessions with you, but you can send them on ahead by investing in the kingdom of God, by investing in people made in the image of God, by helping people in this life. Because when you do that, God will bless you and God will reward you. And you're laying a good foundation for God to say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter into the joys of thy Lord. This is not about salvation, by the way. If you're new to our church, you don't need to hear me say that we believe you can work your way to heaven. And that if you can do enough good, and if the good in your life outweighs the bad, you get to go to heaven. No, no, we don't believe any of us are worthy. We don't believe any of us are capable of working our way to heaven. We believe, according to Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8, 9, and 10... For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should brag. For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works. We here at Fort Caroline don't believe you're saved by good works, but we do believe we're saved for good works. That Jesus changed us to go back out into the world and help through the gospel change other people's lives. And so, so we're doing good not to, to earn heaven. We're doing good to express the salvation of Jesus that he paid for with his own blood on the cross. Now with that said, we, we, we noticed four bottom lines. If, you're, if you weren't here for this campaign or just as a refresher, four bottom lines we took away from this passage. First of all, I will do good for those who can't or won't do good for me. One thing we discovered based on this passage was that we're going to make a commitment. I will do good for those who can't do good for me or won't do good for me. This is not quid pro quo. This is not you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. This is not, well, we'll only help people that can come to our church and put money in our offering plate. No. No, we do good because God's called us to do good and we do good because he's been good to us. That's why we do it. And then, secondly, we discovered, I will not place my trust in riches, but in God who richly provides. And what we discovered is when we put our trust in God, not in our riches, we become more grateful to God because we realize everything we have comes from Him. And we become more generous. When my hope is in God, then I say, God, what do you want me to do with the life you've given me, the possessions, the money, the time? God, I am at your disposal as the old hymn says, have thine own way, Lord, have thine own way. That's what we say to God. And whenever we put our hope in God, we become more grateful for all he gives us, and we become more generous. When he says, hey, I want you to do this, we don't say, no, this is my stuff. We say, God, my hope is in you. If that's what you want. I'm willing to obey you. Then the third takeaway we discovered was, since I have more, I will do more and give more. Since I have more, I will do more and give more. That we wanted to buck the trend in America that says the more I earn, the less as a percentage I give. Did you know that's true? The richer Americans become, the less of a percentage of their income that they give to charitable causes. We don't want to be that. We want to say, God, since I have more, that means I can do more. Spider-Man would say, with great power comes great responsibility. And Christians say, with more blessings come more responsibilities to bless others with what I've been given. Some of you will get that. The rest of you have said, what does that have to do with Spider-Man? <laughs> then number four, we discovered viewing wealth through the lens of eternity loosens my grip on it and its grip on me. Then when I start thinking not only about right here and now, but I start thinking about the time I spend in eternity before God... I start looking at my wealth differently. I don't need to hold on to all this stuff because I'm headed to a place where the Bible says the streets are paved with gold. This stuff is nothing. They paved streets with it in heaven. And what I discover is what really matters is loving God supremely and loving my neighbor as myself. Now I've discovered what true life really is. True life is not the accumulation of more stuff and then you die. And whoever has the most when they die wins. That's not true life. True life is loving God and loving others and serving the world. That's true life. So here's what we did we we, we decided to challenge you guys to be rich and to be generous in three ways your time, your food, and your money. You remember that? We ask you to be rich in your time because time is really life. Time is valuable. People are busy. And often it is easier for people to write a check than to give their time. I'll just give some money. I don't have time to go and serve. I don't have time to volunteer. So we, we wanted to, to raise the bar on generosity and say, listen, we're going to ask you to give some cash, but we're going to ask you to give some time. And we know for some of you that's going to be harder to do. It's going to be far more valuable and costly for you because time represents your life. You can't get those hours back once you've given them. That's why whenever you go to work, you make an agreement with your employer. I will give you time. I'm giving you hours of my life I can't get back in return for a paycheck. And so they pay you. And so we wanted you to give time by volunteering your time to serve at Mayport Elementary School, which is just six miles down the road from us. For many years now, uh, we have been their faith-based partner in this community. Uh, In fact, Duval County School System invites churches to be faith-based partners with their local schools. I can't imagine a church saying, well, we just don't think that's God's will for us. (laughs) What? They want us to come in and minister and serve and help. And so we do, and we've done this for years In fact, our staff on many occasions will provide a home-cooked meal for their staff. Our staff cooks, and we take it down, and we set it up, and we serve them, and, and we just say, we just love you guys for making our community a better place. We've got church members and staff members who volunteer every Friday to pack backpacks of blessing so that 350 children go home every Friday with food for breakfast and lunch during the weekend. And we send volunteers over to mentor, to read, uh, to help the teachers in other ways. We've done this for years. But during this campaign, we said, we're going to ask you to give your time by going down on a Sunday afternoon and let's just clean up the grounds of Mayport Elementary School. They don't have extra money to do a lot of those niceties of new mulch and flowers and pressure washing. Let's do that for them. They've said that would be awesome. Let's do that. And so we asked you guys if you would help us. And we thought as a staff, we need about 30 to 50 people. Do you know how many people came that day after church? Nearly 130 of you came to volunteer blew us away, blew them away. Let's give God a hand for that. And I'm talking people of all ages. We had little bitty ones out there all the way to senior adults. We had people who were not even members of our church. They came that morning, heard what we were doing, and met us at Mayport Elementary at one o'clock and worked for four hours. It was amazing. We also asked you to volunteer your time by packing 200 boxes of food that uh, some of our business partners like John and Tamara had donated and some food our church had bought. And we were going to pack 200 boxes uh, to give families at Thanksgiving, 200 boxes of food. And so we had 29 of you sign up. And we had around 75 of you show up. We were thinking it was going to take us two hours. You knocked it out in 36 minutes. <laughs> You've got a hand for that. <laughs> Unreal. Unreal. So we asked you to give your time. We also asked you to give food. One Sunday we said, We want you to bring food that we will donate to Arlington Community Services, our local food pantry. There again, we have partnered with ACS, Arlington Community Services, for decades. As long as I've been on your staff 24 years, every month we send $150, and every month we collect food and we keep the shelves stocked. But this year they said, we need some more help during the Thanksgiving season. And so we asked you to to come and to donate uh, some food for ACS. So as the staff and I prayed about it, we set a goal of 2,000 pounds of food based on a list of their needs that they provided And the result was, you gave 4,175 pounds of food to Arlington Community Services. (laughs) You brought so much food, it took us a truck and two trailers. And we went down there, and we unloaded stuff from that one trailer. And then they come out and said, could you guys come back tomorrow and finish our, our shelves are overflowing, and we need to get this organized. It took us two days to deliver the food that you guys donated so generously. You'll hear more about that in just a moment. We also asked you to give food away. Those 200 boxes of Thanksgiving meals that the church provided, we had them on the stage here, and that Sunday we asked you just come and take a box. If you need a box, you take it home. Let our church bless you. You can also take one for yourself and give one away. But we're going to challenge you to, to bless someone in need. And so we had 200 boxes, and all 200 boxes were taken. And based on the average household size in our 32225 zip code, you fed 575 people for Thanksgiving. Let's give God a hand for that. And then we asked you to give money because we're a Baptist church. And so we asked you to give, <laughs> to give money. And there again, these are things that are valuable to us. Our time is valuable. Food is valuable, but also money. And in the world in which we live, it takes money to do things. You want to turn lights on and put on AC or heat, and you want to buy food, and you want to buy housing supplies and clothes. It takes money. And God burdened me uh, almost two years ago now a year, about a year and a half ago, uh, with the need to partner with a local nonprofit that was rescuing women right here in Jacksonville from human trafficking, I've been to this uh, home in a in a secure, non-disclosed location. I've met some of the the residents. Uh, I've listened to some of the seminars where the Florida um, State Attorney's Office refers people who have been rescued from human trafficking to this organization, and I really believed God wanted our church to partner uh, with this group called Her Song. I met Rachel White, who was the founder of Her Song, and of course I already know her husband, Paul White, who's the pastor of Faith Bridge Church one mile down the road from us, he and our best friends. And so as as I prayed about it, I said, God, you want us to do this as a church, to partner with Her Song to help women right here, our church sends $200,000 a year to our missionaries all over the world. Did you know that? When you put money in our offering plate, 12% of that goes straight to missions. And so we're always helping people all around the world. But God, I think you want us to do more right here in Jacksonville, right here in Arlington. And so we prayed about it as a staff, and we felt God calling us to set a challenge goal to you of giving them $8,000. And let me show you what you did. Well, Rachel, in the month of November, we challenged our congregation mm-hmm to do what the Bible says, to be rich in good deeds, to be generous, to be willing to share. And so we started looking for community partners that help people reach higher, to be all that God wants them to be, to live the best life God has for them. And God put us with you and and the ministry and the mission of her song. And so we challenged our church to let's partner with her song and, and bless them with a financial gift. And so we want to present that to you today on behalf of Our congregation, Mm -hmm. and to thank you for the great work you guys are doing.
1: Wow, we really appreciate that. We're really honored.
0: You're welcome. So, Rachel, on behalf of Fort Caroline Baptist Church, in honor of her song, we want to present you with a check for $16,000 to say thank you. And keep up the good work.
2: Oh, my goodness.
1: Thank you all you so all much. What a you. huge blessing. We're so thankful.
0: We just hope that helps one more woman.
1: Oh, it's going to help many more women. Awesome. Many more women. Thank you all so much. And please give we your church them. our love and our send our gratitude to them. Um, this is going to make a huge difference, not just in the life of some of the women, but in their hearts. You know, yes. it's going to... We're, we're able to plant those seeds of the gospel and see real life transformation happen. And... I'm just, I look forward to sharing with you guys the impact of this gift. We can't Thank wait to hear Thank you so it. much. Thank <laughs> you.
0: And God bless you guys. Thank
1: you. God bless
3: Wow.
0: Yeah, that's the no
1: <laughs> Instead of crying, I just get the giggle. <laughs> that's amazing. Well, we
0: love it. We love it. Is the God not good? Thank you. You could have you could have seen the, just the surprise on Rachel's face there. But what you couldn't see was that standing by Craig as he videotaped us was another one of the co-directors of her song. And she saw the check before Rachel did, and she about lost it. She was just overwhelmed with gratitude. And then an hour after Craig and I left the home, uh, Rachel texted me, and she said, One of the women saw that big check, and she said, They did that for us? And she said, yes. She said, you've been telling us there are people out there who actually care for us. We see what you mean. And she said, I just had to tell you that one of our ladies already says, I feel loved. And you made that happen. You made that possible. As a matter of fact, you've already given $493.75 more since we made the video. You people are unreal. Thank you so much uh, for giving to her song. Give God a hand. So every goal we set, you blew through, you more than doubled every goal we set. You guys are phenomenal. And I just want to say thank you as your pastor. We challenge you, we ask you to serve, and you never fail. You never leave us hanging. You always catch the vision that God has to help people in this community just reach higher for the best life that God has for them. And this is what we've always done for the 30 years or so of our church history and what we will continue to do by the grace of God and for the glory of God. I was thinking this morning of that passage in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9, where Paul had been challenging the Christians of Corinth to go ahead and give. They had made a commitment, but they hadn't yet followed through to give a love offering to the church of Jerusalem that was going through a time of famine. And he said, all these other churches have done it. You haven't yet done it. And I'm going to encourage you, come on, do what you said you would do. I want to thank you. I never have to preach those kind of messages. I never have to send those kind of letters or those kind of emails. In fact, we have to say, stop. (laughs) You've done it. Thank you for what you're doing. But he reminded them of the motive for our giving. He said in 2 Corinthians 8 verse 9, for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. That though he was rich, he's talking about when he was in eternity before the incarnation, before Christmas. He was rich, enjoying the splendors of heaven. Co-equal, co-eternal, uncreated, the second person of the Godhead, receiving the praises of angels. Though he was rich, yet for your sakes, he became poor. He stepped out of the glories of heaven, came into this sin-cursed world, became one of us, God in flesh. Why did he, who was rich, become poor for us? Paul says, so that you, through his poverty, even the giving of his own life's blood, so that you, through his poverty, might become rich. Not rich physically, materially, financially, but rich in righteousness towards God when we place our faith in him. So in the end, that is why we do what we do. Because Jesus has done everything for us. For God so loved the world that he gave. And that's why we give. Now I want you to see the results of your giving. So watch this brief five-minute video. I'm going to pray for you. And then we're going to watch this video. This prayer will be our close, and then you can be dismissed after the video. If you need any help today, or if you want to trust Christ, or you want to know more about our church, our guest services volunteers will be at the back door. Feel free to speak to them or me, and we're here to help you. But let's pray, and then don't leave yet. I want you to watch the testimonies of what you've done. Father, we love you. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for being so generous with us. Thank you for giving everything for us through Jesus on the cross of Calvary. Thank you that he rose from the dead and has made it possible for us to be forgiven of our sin, to be a part of the body of Christ, and to go about like our Lord, doing good. We do it for your glory, for your honor. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Watch this.
3: My name is Kathleen Malls. I'm from Mayport Elementary Coastal Sciences Academy. I've been at this particular school for 21 years and we're a very diverse population. 100% of our children receive free breakfast and free lunch every day. And then with the Blessings in a Backpack, which your church, our faith-based partner, helps us to put together, we send breakfast and lunch home on the weekends. But, You really, really honored us with the gift of time that you provided for us. Your Be Rich program shares with a school like ours the beautification that happened, the gift of the mulch, all of the equipment, the landscaping, and the man hours. It was amazing to have children come to a school where it's clean and welcoming and well-groomed makes them feel better about themselves and also makes us teachers feel like we're able to serve them in a place that is welcoming warm and a home away from home so on behalf of Mayport Elementary Coastal Sciences Academy thank you so much and look forward to working with you some more I am Carolyn Halliger, and I am a volunteer at Arlington Community Services.
1: I've been a volunteer since 2010, and I've also been on the board since 2013 in charge of community outreach. Since I was volunteering the day that you brought in the 4,000 pounds of food, I've had, had lots of experience sorting it. And it's filling up our shelves, and it provides us a way for to help our clients. They're very appreciative of us being able to help them feed their families.
2: I'm Tori Greer. I'm a member here at Fort Caroline Baptist Church. I'm so thankful for uh, the ministry that this church has done through the Be Rich campaign, Um, specifically the boxes uh, of Thanksgiving food that we provided and packed for uh, 200 families. Um, They got to get blessed by our ministry, and it really, I think, impacted our community. So they got packed really, really quickly, which was a huge blessing, and then they stacked them up in front of the stage, and people were encouraged that Sunday to take um, a box, or maybe two boxes, and go bless a family that uh, they personally knew uh, who happened to be in need. I am a teacher at River City Science Academy Elementary, Uh, first grade, and I have a little girl in my class who um, was a little difficult at some time. Her mom messaged me and said she had been diagnosed again with cancer for the third year in a row, Um, and so they have been on my heart for a while, and Ricky began to talk about the boxes and blessing other people. And God just spoke to me that Sunday and said, you need to bless this family. That morning, as the kids were coming in my room, I kind of snuck out and found her and mom in the car line and and was like, you know, this is from us to you, from our church to you. God just really put you on my heart uh, on Sunday. So um, I gave her the box and we cried in the parking lot. You know, she drove off. And then I got a message from her later, and it said, this was after Thanksgiving, she said, thank you for the box, it was such a blessing. I was struggling to figure out a way to make sure Thanksgiving was complete, and you and your church help, are helping to make it possible. From the bottom of my heart, you and your church bless you, and I hope you all have an amazing Thanksgiving with your family.
1: I'm Rachel White, I'm the founder of Her Song Jacksonville, and I just wanna say a huge thank you Um, to Fort Caroline Baptist Church. You guys have been so generous. And when Pastor Ricky approached me about this Be Rich campaign, um, we were just really excited because that's the heart of who we are at her song. It's about using what we have to um, reach the lost in our community. And there's so many that are lost through human trafficking. And because of your generosity and your willingness to give, to be rich in good deeds, and to use your money to do good in this community, we will be able to answer the phone when these victims of human trafficking call. And we will be able to bring in ladies and give them a warm bed to sleep in. They will have meals. They will have counseling. They will have the arms of Jesus wrapped around them with lots and lots of love and support as they piece their lives back together. And uh, just from the bottom of our hearts to you as a faith community, thank you for caring about these women and for sharing with us and being rich in good deeds.
0: And all of God's people said, let's give Jesus a hand, amen? Amen. Thank you so much. Now what we get to do As we get to go and continue being good, being rich in good deeds, being generous and willing to share. May the Lord bless you and keep you and make his face shine upon you. I love you. God bless. Take care. Tell someone you're glad they were here as you make your way out.